welcome to the first of our loyalty discussion video series. I'm here today uh, with Fidel's EMEA Head of Business Development, Sina Saidinayar, and White Label Loyalty's CEO, Ashil Traore. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you, thank you. Cheers. Nice to be here in my living room. <laughs> Great to have you. So uh, to give you some introductions, uh, Fidel is a leading API provider for linking bank cards to applications globally. Uh, and White Label Loyalty is a loyalty platform provider who works with enterprise businesses um, to deliver rewarding customer loyalty experiences. And so from that, you can probably guess that we have tried to bring together the most eligible and authoritative figures to dis discuss the topic of card linking in customer loyalty. Um, so the reason why this is so timely and essential is because gaining first party data and being able to directly interact with customers um, are two of the most important issues brands run into nowadays, especially um, in, in these times. Um, but perhaps I should let our experts tell you more. So, um, Sina, can you um, kick us off? Uh, and could you please uh, explain kind of the idea behind card, card linking? Where did it come from? What does it do? How can it help? Yeah, sure. Um, and, and thanks very much for, for having me. Um, so the, uh, the idea behind card linking is to um, allow people to link their um, payment cards and the credit debit card directly to a rewards program. Um, so I, where the origins of, of it, I don't exactly know. I know that it's been around for, for many years, but how Fidel sort of stumbled upon the technology was back in 2014, actually, when, when, when we started off in 2013 as a B2C loyalty proposition for um, SMEs. We um, created a data capturing element back then was iBeacon and QR technology, POS integration. Uh, we had a, a data uh, a sort of marketing platform uh, and, and, and we provided a, a front-end uh, app for, for our um, uh, clients. Now, we embarked upon this technology because this friction at point of sale. So when someone goes to their business and they have to flash their app and, and, and get someone on the other side to do something was, was too much. Uh, and it was, it was quite prohibitive to scale. And, and also the data that came out of this was very limited because you know some people did and some people didn't. Um, so we looked at various ways of identifying customer at point of sale uh, or at the moment of payment without having to do all these other, what we consider unnecessary things of scanning a QR code or training up the staff or integrating in POS systems. Um, and we looked at various ways. We looked at directly integrating with PSPs and then acquirers or, or the banks. At that point, open banking was on the rise, but the banks were, they were not as, as open to, to open that data as they are now. Um, and so we, we um, saw um, this technology out in the US um, and we sort of set up a mission to try to acquire this, uh, the data ourselves. Um, it took us about, I would say, two and some years to navigate via the legal loophole and, and then the integration and the build. And when we came to this sort of end bit where we had to become PCI compliant to actually access the data, we decided that actually there's a bigger use for this. We've built this beautiful integration into Visa MasterCard and later on with Amex. And whoever that wants to access the data would have to jump through the same hoops. So why don't we just become that intermediary and um, to be able to connect the, the dots. Now, um, 
that was a, a tough decision, but a very necessary one. And then something that really uh, changed the direction of our company to become this enabler API player. So we called up our then uh, competitors today clients and said, do you want to take over our clients? But also we have a better way of uh, helping you guys acquire uh, the, the, the customer data. Um, and so ever since then, uh, 2017, we've never looked back uh, and been on the mission of, of um, making transaction data accessible for, for innovators like Whitehead Loyalty to build cool stuff on top of it. That's incredible. It's great to see how, uh, you know, you have pivoted the strategy and going from one thing to another, depending on how, how the market has changed. Um, that That's incredible. You mentioned that you started off as a loyalty proposition as well, but you've kind of pivoted towards more focusing on the payment data. That's so interesting. Yeah, yeah, correct. That's really cool. So um, Ashil, a question for you. Um, obviously, you know a lot about customer loyalty. Um, so, uh, and you have worked with Fidel before and you have worked with other companies who have used uh, card linking in customer loyalty. So could you shed some light perhaps on some of the key benefits to using card linking in customer loyalty? Yeah, absolutely. I think, hello um, everybody uh, by the way, um, I think, one of the core things is is to actually start defining what is loyalty. I think there's so many misconceptions about loyalty, and uh, um, at White Label Loyalty, we broke it down in a really simple uh, three stages. So, loyalty is about data. That's it. So, you need to make it easy for people to give you data, uh, have the right tools in place to make sense of that data, so you can make data-driven decisions. And so that's kind of our motto. So, where Card linking comes in into that ecosystem is the fact that uh, card linking present a very clean source of data. So uh, when you get this card linking data flowing through, uh, we use that in our loyalty engine then to kind of uh, allow easier segmentation, under deeper understanding of customer. And then we kind of combine that with other data sources to enable clients to make data-driven decisions. So in terms of the customer perspective, I think CardLink can provide probably the most frictionless user journey for a customer. You just enroll your cards and you can start transacting with participating merchants. And that's kind of a big stumbling block for a lot of loyalty programs. And it depends on the kind of uh, use case that they are looking for. But you know, I think the core of the proposition needs to be that ease of use. And there are some examples as well where you have businesses with multiple point of sale systems. You know, it's very hard for them to try to integrate but exactly what, like Sina said, what they tried to do in the past. Um, with card linking, you can overcome that quite, quite, quite nicely. And uh, yeah, I think also the, the, especially now during COVID, the, the offline and online element becomes even more important because you know you're using the same card whether you shop online or offline. Yeah. yeah. And I, I mean, to add to that as well, I think, um, I mean, personally, you know, um, even before COVID, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm very bad. I 90% of my transaction happens on my Apple Pay. Um, and, you know, if you look at the overall consumer, I mean, you would just spend and go and you don't really want to be bothered uh, about anything else. And then how many times, you know, they've asked me to give my email address for a digital receipt or give my, uh, 
if I have a loyalty card and I just don't, I don't even have my wallet at this point. <laughs> so, <laughs> so being able to, but, but I spend a lot on so, uh, various merchants and, and you know, I, I love to get, get that, uh, that, that loyalty recognition, but equally they, they would love to, to understand who I am and how I shop and being able to, to at this point make this living decision mm. about me as a consumer. And, yeah. and I think that there are yeah, not many seem, more seamless ways to, to, to do that other than leveraging the calling technology. Yeah. Mm, that's a really good point. Um, yeah, so I think it's pretty clear what the key benefit is to, um, to the consumer, right? You, you both talked now about the, the seamless experience and obviously, Sina, you touched on the fact that trends are changing and, and we are not using, especially in the UK, UK is so fast in adopting new technologies such as Apple Pay and mobile wallets and all these different things. Um, and, and companies really need to be um, ready to adapt to these. Um, but could you perhaps discuss um, and, and shed some light on um, what, why the payment data is so important to the company? So the kind of the other side of the benefits of this to the actual brands using it. Yeah, I mean, I, just to, to take that back a bit, I think payment data is just one piece of the jigsaw. Um, there are a lot of other data points that are, you know, equally important, but the payment data is sort of, you know, you can't finalize the puzzle if you haven't got the final piece of jigsaw. So I think a great benefit for the merchants and businesses engaging with this type of technology is that they don't have to, it's as seamless for them as it is for the consumer. So they don't have to uh, integrate or change anything in the POS system. They don't have to train staff. Um, it's very, there's no human interaction uh, and they can actually leverage the quality of that payment data uh, and the real-timeness of the payment data to engage customers there and then. And uh, so I think you know, understanding how someone is spending and behaving across multiple um, touch points is important because that data, the payment data being one element of it, will go into a pot uh, to be able to um, create a, a better user experience next time or, or even at the spot. So I think, um, you know, you can you can see a lot of things about footfall and, and how many people come in, how many people shop and who shops where and what. But unless you know who that person is, then that's sort of, you need to acquire that information over and over again. Um, so I think that that's very important to be able to attribute that spend, that transaction to a user ID and do that in a seamless way without bothering someone or without investing uh, millions of pounds to create a, a, a significant, like another Dunhambe style program. Yeah. Yeah. Ashir, do you want to add? Yeah, no, I think I, I would agree with that. It's about, uh, that's why the synergy between, uh, you know, company like Fidel and White Label Alt is, is very strong because, you know, we get that clean data and then we are kind of the data hub to uh, add additional data sources to, to enrich that experience. But the real-time element and being able to actually notify the customers that, yes, we've seen that you made a transaction and also notifying when the transaction has been cleared. Uh, in some cases, we have uh, businesses that also want to understand what's in the basket and you can just say, okay, thank you for the transaction. Please scan your receipt as well. And you can just kind of take them on that journey and create that fuller picture of the customer. And I think that's that's really where where the power of that comes in. And you know, you could say 
99% of loyalty programs today are only transaction based. You know, that's, that's what's happening. And uh, with, with an event-based loyalty solution like White Label, you can get the best type of uh, um, clean data from card linking with, with, with Fidel, for instance, but then combine that with all those different uh, touch points and, and data points that are all equally important. Uh, yeah. They're really um, used to, to change behavior and encourage behavior. And that, that's kind of where we have to see all this fitting in nicely together. Yeah. And actually, to that point as well, when it comes to the visual receipt element, we, um, once again, with the payment data, uh, have a unique identifier for yeah. that transaction. So you can scan a digital receipt, uh, you, but you can also, or you can scan a receipt, but you could also leverage the data that gets passed on via Fidel to be able to attribute transaction data or payment data with um, product data to be able to deliver a seamless digital receipt experience as well. And so this is the, um, the beautiful thing with clean, clean data is you can actually pinpoint it to so many things. Now, another point I would say, and Ashil, you might be able to agree with this, but a lot of programs or merchants will say, you know, we've got a million people in a loyalty program, we're great, fantastic. But then when you look under the hood, you see that that million people is a million people from the point they started the business 20 years ago to today. But if you look at the <laughs> monthly active users of that data, you know, let's say it's 150,000. But so, you, so from the get-go, you have this massive delta but then when you look into how many card transactions that business processes on a quarterly basis versus how many of those card transactions are actually yeah. identifiable, it's yeah. even less than that. So when, when you put it at black and white, you actually see like, okay, right. So this is, you know, we, we, we think we have this much information, but actually the, the opted in, uh, you know, amount of people who've actually said, yes, you can target me and you can, you, you, or you can, you can email me much less. But also, yeah. this is massive data leak every day. Every transaction is data leak, and when you when you sort of break it down to that level, um, you know the penny kind of drops, and you understand. Ah, okay, now I can take this concept of card linking because it's still to you know most of the our clients or the prospects we talk to a concept, uh, but that, that then then bake that into uh, what, what they do to make a necessity, and that's where we, we will work with someone like White Loyalty to to make that happen. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, the synergies are strong. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that that's brilliant. That pretty much leads me to kind of the, the next part and then my next question. You have both now um, touched on this. How you know it's great to have the data. Obviously, you have to be able to work with them um, well, and and it's not enough, as Sina said, um, to have just the payment data. It's it's crucial. Um, but if you only have that, then you know, you're not going to get that far. So um, could you um, perhaps talk about sort of the, the best practices for anyone who, who's still not really sure how that then translates into real results, you know, into the strategy, into how do you then drive repeat purchase, etc. How can this, all of this data and all of this technology can um, then be leveraged for marketing and retention strategy and all of that? How, how can that actually be you know uh, taken down the route yeah i mean i can i can go first so, so the um um one thing to remember is that when um accessing uh payment data for visa mass dynamics and uh, there are um quite a lot of um 
there are a lot of frameworks that one must adhere to, right? It's not just sort of you can access the data and that's it, you can get bombarded uh, uh, by various things. It, you know, we need to uh, respect the privacy policy and we need to respect the, the way this data can be used um, for for retention, but um, but not necessarily to you know bombard people with marketing. But it's all about understanding how people are spending and where they are spending, who they are, and being able to give them a better experience next time. And there are a million and one ways of doing this. It really depends on the client and their, their, their needs. But having the sort of tools to do it and then then you need someone to be able to actually execute that for you and that's where i leave it to the loyalty professionals to execute the loyalty strategy um but what we do is we provide the the tools basically yeah so i think yeah, yeah if i follow, follow on from that so really when when that data source comes in uh, it comes in in a clean way which allows our loyalty engine to be able to act upon it and and because it's an event-based system it, and we can make any event rewardable, it kind of happens in the background. And then we have the tools in place then to help with the segmentation. So uh, the segmentation doesn't only have to be uh, based on how much they spend, but it depends on the levers that the business want to pull on. So if you want to increase your frequency of purchase, then that's a strategy for that. If you want to... Um, incentivize people to spend over a certain amount because that's part of your business plan and you can put a strategy in place for that and and also you know based on those transactions they come in the different data points that we have in in the loyalty engine and the rules that are set by the business uh, of their vision with the loyalty program we can then start creating these bespoke segments for the business to help fuel the marketing and retention strategy and we also have this ai module which works in the background, uh, which helps predict customer churn. So we can see if um, the business tells us that actually a good customer visits them once every three weeks, we can identify the ones that have not visited for longer periods of time and automatically re-engage re them. And also attribute uh, an estimated lifetime value on the customers as they join and as they actually progress during the loyalty. So I think, you know, the. The source is getting the data in. Once it gets into our uh, magic box, then there's a lot of things that can be done. Uh, so really, you know, data is the source of a good marketing and retention strategy. Mm. Yeah, that's brilliant. Um, I, I love that you mentioned about the, the different levers and the different strategies. Uh, you know, it's so true. It's so easy to get stuck in the thinking of customer loyalty is all about just driving repeat visit. Well it's not quite true is it right there's different things that you can be uh, trying to influence and and uh, obviously you need the data in order to be able to to do that and to incentivize them um, but off the back of that actually um, are there any specific industries or different businesses that you see that can be really best profit from the use of current linking or is it really that you have found um that it's it's across the board it can be useful for all types of businesses yeah i mean the um i mean uh, you're asking the sales guy to say who will benefit everyone um but um but i guess um to be honest with you it, any business who would like to build a type of frictionless customer experience based on real-time granule data and obviously um 
card payments, card data, they will have to accept card payments, but most businesses do. And that, that's really um, where we would see this fit. I mean, right now our clients stretch across um, employee benefits platform, um, uh, frequent fly, fly uh, programs, um, cashback pr programs, uh, proprietary loyalty programs, shopping centers. They all have this common nominator of, of, of having a reward element or like a loyalty element attached to it because in order for the cardholder to have that transaction data shared with um, a, a loyalty program, they must be rewarded in some way, shape or another. So, so anyone like that really would benefit from it. Mm. Yeah. And I think if, if I add to that in terms of... Uh the businesses that we've identified because you know we, we get we get inquiries from businesses coming to us for a lot of program and then wanting to use card linking as the method of of, uh, of linking up and getting data from customers and rewarding them um and you know that's some amazing locations and business sectors that i think would really benefit from card linking and one of the main ones i would say is shopping centers you know it's such a fragmented place uh, all different point of sales uh it's very hard to unify a shopping center you know and not everybody wants a gift card you know you just want to be able to get rewarded for uh, your purchases and with card link you can enroll the whole shopping center the, um, the, the the customer just enrolls the cards on multiple cards and then transact as normal and then as the shopping center management team could actually see how much their marketing uh, strategy is impacting the overall spend in the center and they, they start getting insight that they could only dream of before. So I think that particular use case is fantastic and especially now after COVID when shopping centers open again you know I would urge any shopping center uh, you know establishment to actually look at this uh, as a really viable option for it. Um, other use cases I could see is uh, uh, cashback solutions you know coalition programs where they're trying to um, unify uh, multiple different merchants again you know if you are running the Leeds city center loyalty program or you know then it's very difficult to actually get that to work and card linking is another way to make it happen you know in a in a traditional in a way that people actually use to transact just using the cards is normal you, you enroll yeah. these merchants and just make it happen and the cashback can can then go back and get um get turned into rewards vouchers, which our, our system can do. So I think there are so many really good use cases uh, and I'm anticipating that those use cases will actually start to explode after this pandemic because you know people are getting more and more used to just using the cards and uh, they're getting more and more comfortable as well. You know, you're getting a bit lazier, don't we? So you just wanna do one thing and then it just happens in the background, you know? Um, so I think, uh, yeah, I think card making yeah. will start booming um, in 2021. Yeah, we, we, we have some very interesting um, use cases uh, uh, that that will be uh, soon announced. Uh, and, and also in addition to, to loyalty, I mean, Fidel, in terms of um, other use cases that we are exploring, uh, as I said, is, is leveraging the transaction data for digital receipt use cases, allowing the merchants directly to have access to that product level data as well as the or marrying up Fidel data with their own data to, to access the product level data. Um, online top line attribution uh, for marketplaces such as 
uh, an open table, for instance, being able to understand uh, the, the incremental sale that you're driving to the to the restaurants in store post booking. Uh, card linking can then also be leveraged there as as the attributor of Cena booking to see that, but how much Cena is spending at the restaurants that is participating in the scheme. So. Uh, Companies like Square Meal have adopted this approach as well. Um, we are looking at um, enabling the, um, the transaction data um, to be leveraged within the expense management uh, use case. So today, you, if you're a big organization, you don't have to issue expense management card and, and bulk down accounts with, with um, receipts. You can simply link your card to a platform and spend as you would it normally. And if it's an expense, you can swipe in towards the app and you can take a picture of the card if needed. That's it, very simple. So there are a lot of interesting things that will be built on top of the data and a lot of use cases that will be explored way beyond uh, the, the, the um, framework of, of loyalty. But as of today, I think this is, you know, it, unfortunately, unfortunately, you know, however you want to put it, it has a, we haven't even scratched the surface because it's, you know, my, uh, a partner's uh, mom doesn't know about card linking, you know, I haven't uh, succeeded. So, you know, we've got this amazing uh, journey to embark on uh, and, and, and we're very much looking forward to doing it with, with partners like White Label Loyalty uh, and such to, to actually build that innovation. As I said, we are providing the connectivity, we're providing the tools um, and that's about it. We do that very, very, very well. Uh, and we let the innovation, the, the building of the loyalty uh, engine uh, happen uh, elsewhere. Mm, that's so exciting to hear about the prospects for the future. And, and you're so right. You know, there, there's so many developments that are coming so fast and, and the use cases are changing every single day. Um, so it, it's absolutely a wonderful opportunities uh, for the different use cases for card linking. I love that both of you have mentioned um, both offline and online use cases. Um, I can totally see, I would have never thought about it for, for places like OpenTable, but it makes so much sense when you think about it. And then um, in terms of the shopping centers, I don't think I've ever seen a, a loyalty program for a shopping center, but I would definitely enroll. I mean, that sounds great if I could just use my card and you know get rewarded. That's what everyone should want, right? Yeah. Uh, that's yeah, wonderful. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so one thing that I was wondering about, because um, Sina, you mentioned obviously that you had um, worked with all the major kind of card providers, Visa and MasterCard, Amex. Um, and then we're talking about all these uh, use cases. Uh, you also mentioned um, that customers obviously also want to be rewarded for providing the data, which is understandable. Uh, and then there's, there's this whole question about um, data security and data protection, which is becoming you know, more and more uh, prevalent and so important and more customers are becoming aware of uh, what, uh, you know, how companies are using their data and they're a lot more selective about what data they, uh, they provide. So, um, you know, could you touch on the security and data protection um, yeah. of cloud linking? Yes, of course. And, and, and just to, to, to your point of uh, uh, customers being selective, I mean, I think they should be. I mean, I, I personally, I, I work in the industry, but I'm still hesitant to um, engaging or signing up to certain programs where I'm required to, you know, expose my entire bank 
account uh, data for, for a value exchange is nominal. And so at Fidel, as I mentioned earlier, we have we are PCI compliant and PCI compliance is basically the payments uh, card industry data security standards or PCI DSS. And, and basically it says that everyone who accesses the data or sees that card data uh, must have a level of security. And we have a PCI compliant iframe uh, as mobile or web SDK. And so our clients are often, or 99% are, are not PCI compliant and, and they, they shouldn't have to be. Um, so they use our iframe uh, in order to capture the customer's payment card. So we tokenize that long card number and then we destroy that long card number. So we don't even store the card data, everything is tokenized. So you're, you linking your card in program X, uh, that card will be tokenized uniquely in that program. So we don't, we, you know, there's nothing else there to, to, to basically uh, be transferred elsewhere. And um, so, so security is very important. This parameter is one of the most important pieces of, uh, for Fidel um, because we deal with that type of data. Uh, and we are very proudly, we, we get, uh, biannually tested by external party to make sure that our skills on point uh, and and all of our clients who use our uh, uh, SDK can confidently do that uh, without having to be PCI compliant. Mm. Oh, that's really interesting. I had no idea. Um, and so tell me, it, but because obviously you um, you have done so you must have done so much work to, in order to ensure this and to be compliant, and then you work with other businesses uh, who are using your card linking. Do you have any recommendations for those businesses uh, for how to communicate that security correctly to consumers? Yeah, sure. I mean, there are a few of our clients. Actually, most of our clients do that very successfully, but that's super important. So there are three main sort of things in a successful card link program. Uh, and then communication is, or marketing communication is, is, is one of it. Uh, having the right type of uh, proposition of value exchange is, is another, and, and, and engage customers with that. So yes, they can confidently say this is as secure as your banks um, on, on, on sort of security and make sure that confidently communicate that the card data is only used for this program. We don't ask for the um, CVC number or CVV number, so we don't ever take money out of the accounts. Um, so we literally want the long card number expiry date, and that is it. That's what we all we need to uh, be able to track that card uh, with the opt-in of the customer at the participating locations only. So we only see transactions the customer is making at you know, business X, we wouldn't necessarily see, we would not see all of the transactions. Um, and I think that's very important to highlight. Mm, absolutely. I think that's super important for both for the businesses to, to understand and to also be able to communicate that correctly, as well as obviously for the end users as well. Um, great. Okay. So uh, you have uh, already started touching on this, but uh, for the last question, believe it or not, we're getting to the last, pretty much last question. Um, I wanted to uh, see if you have any predictions on kind of the, the key trends in that you see in the payment data industry and the, you know, <laughs> around card linking, around loyalty and data, um, all of this. What, what are your predictions for the future? Well, I think, yeah, it says that in your background. We are the future of loyalty. Exactly. <laughs> that was an yeah. easy question. <laughs> yeah. 
As I said, from a Fidel standpoint, we, we are definitely exploring uh, uh, other use cases um, way beyond loyalty, but we also see that um, we haven't even scratched the surface uh, of, of loyalty at the same time. Um, I believe there will be more innovation in, in, in the market of, of uh, other or use cases that are um, not only with sort of a link your card, spend at Merchant X and get Y reward, but also uh, will be able to uh, attribute that transaction data to SKU level offers, so to actual product level data to be able to um, give people even more value back when they are when they are transacting. Uh, there are, um, I think that's that's probably the next level of the sort of card linked loyalty or card linked offers as, as, as it is. Yeah, I think from uh, from our perspective, you know, we we always uh, innovating, and because we are that data hub, really, it means that uh, you know, as as innovation happens, it will be accessible in our platform, and that's that's kind of how we always kind of stay in the forefront of, of innovation and really. And I wanted to touch base on some of the security elements. I think sometimes it's a little bit confused between the payment data and the GDPR compliant personal identifiable data as well. And really, when, once that PCI compliant uh, data source comes from uh, card linking and, and from Fidel, when it gets into the loyalty engine, we deal with all the GDPR compliant side of, of the program. So the customer can kind of um, add the preferences, how they want to be contacted, you know, really kind of, uh, that's where the value exchange happens in terms of transferring data uh, against rewards. And, and I think uh, it's quite important to understand that there are two different steps happening here. And, and then you need to kind of guide the customer uh, through to do that. But uh, to answer your, your other question in terms of the, the, the trends and the future, I would say that, you know, contactless payments is, is happening everywhere. And I think that's going to continue to grow. Um, you know, we we both uh, we both Scandinavians, and this is nothing new to us. But uh, if you look at what's happening in Sweden, uh, I think it's a good indication to see what's coming to, uh, to the rest of, of of the world. I think in terms of um, payments, you know, personally, I haven't touched money for several months, probably. <laughs> mm. uh, and uh, you know, I think. What's happened uh, during this pandemic as well has you know, supercharged everything that that's happening. You know, people's work habits, people people's life in general, and people's relationship to technology. I think has changed a lot as well. Just wash his face. Wash his face. face. I Coming love that. Things happening between us. So it's very soon. Yeah. We will announce uh, shortly. That's very exciting. Well, I think on that note, it's brilliant to kind of conclude. So um, what we've learned, I think, um, would be that card linking is really just a fantastic way for businesses to not only gain clean transaction data, uh, but also a, a mainly a frictionless um, method for consumers to benefit from giving that data away securely, as we have learned as well. Um, and, and so we've seen that there's so many different use cases from B2B to B2C, from offline to online. And as Sina has pointed out as well, uh, very interestingly, there, there's a lot more um, 
kind of coming in the future, um, more developments and um, just keeping up with the technology developments as they as they come. Um, but, but it's key for kind of the segmentation, the understanding of the customers and, and clever use of data, not just collecting it, but obviously being able to translate that into insights and into a successful strategy and to eventually retaining uh, more customers and creating true customer loyalty, which is fantastic. So thank you very much for tuning in uh, into our first uh, first of our loyalty discussions with my level loyalty. Uh, we have lots more exciting topics uh, in the pipeline. So um, keep an eye out um, for more. Um, and if you, if you want to, if you've enjoyed this, please subscribe to our YouTube channel where you will find this um, to see any more videos and follow both Fidel and White Liberality on LinkedIn and other social media. Um, and a big, big thank you to uh, our guests today, Sina Saidemeyer and Ashil Traore. Gentlemen, you've been great. Thank you. Great. Thank you so thank much. Very much. Great. Cheers, guys. Have a great day. Cheers. Thank you, Christina. Thanks. Bye.